Are the 49ers the overwhelming favorites in the NFC West going into the 2023 offseason? A lot of question marks with a lot of teams' quarterbacks, except for one with a brand new contract in 2023. Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, once again, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sports book partner of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Some interesting notes coming out of the Combine and now a new contract for Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I think it's time to check in with some of the opponents the 49ers will face twice a year in the NFC West and, and see how we feel about how things are developing and, and if that's good developments or bad developments for the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, we've talked tons about the 49ers quarterbacks and, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about that. But um, I want to focus on the other team's quarterbacks and the other rosters that are being put together in the NFC West and let's start with Seattle, the hated Seattle Seahawks. Croc, what do you think about thirty-seven and a half million dollars for your boy Geno Smith, your old teammate? And wow, what a turn of events for Geno Smith! I think it was something like he had made seventeen million dollars in his entire career up to this point. Yeah. Now, finally, after you know just an oddly traveled path through being a second-round pick, starting for a couple seasons, being a journeyman backup being Russell Wilson's backup, then getting a shot, and now earning the long-term contract with the Seattle Seahawks. What an amazing trip, and uh, good on Geno Smith for earning that money. But is that a good or bad development for the San Francisco 49ers? Because I feel like it kind of locks – I mean, I, I, I almost said – this is not fair probably to Geno. I almost said it kind of locks them into mediocrity. And, and what I mean by that is he played better than mediocre last year, that's for sure. But I don't think Geno Smith scares anybody. If if you know that Geno Smith is the long-term quarterback for the team, for one of your rivals, you're not like, oh, man, we can't beat the Seahawks anymore because they got Geno Smith, right? So good on Geno, and I feel like it's a pretty good development for the 49ers, especially if the Seattle Seahawks, if that means they're not trying to get an even better quarterback early in the draft, which there could be a good one sitting there on the board for them at pick number five. Would Geno Smith make the 49ers better? He's he can at least play right now. So well, yes. I, I mean, I watched some of the things he did, and he made some big time throws. I mean, explosive throws, dropping the ball in the bucket. He made plays with his legs. He led the league in completion percentage, and it wasn't just because of checkdowns. Uh, I thought he did a lot of things very well. But it, it, when you start talking about like you know mediocrity, I think that he he isn't the guy that's just going to take that team to the next level when the team needs it, right? And you look at the 49ers, and right now we are talking about, you know, Lamar Jackson going to the 49ers. He'll take the 49ers to the next level, right, which is yeah. his play. But when you look at the quarterbacks that have been successful, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, like a Brock Purdy, they aren't quite guys where you're like, oh, this, this guy takes this team to the next level to where they are, uh, without a doubt, the Super Bowl favorite, right? Like you're not going to be that. And I look at some of the things that uh, he did, in uh, talking about Geno Smith, and I feel like against the 49ers, I feel like he had like probably his most down games against the Niners. Right, one game was super efficient that that first game, but 
no offensive points at all. So I think 49er fans, when he gets signed, I'm like, wow, like that's dope. Just just because of his story. And they're like, well, yeah, that they're just not gonna be good. And it's like, dang, I mean, but when you watch the games, it was like he actually did play well outside of against the 49ers, which is what the 49er fans are focused most on. So is are his games against the Niners where he just struggled to beat a really good team and a really good defensive team, is that clouding how we view the Seahawks uh, as it pertains to contenders in the NFC West? It's a good question because how he played against the 49ers and their defense is very different than how he played against most of the, the rest of the teams on the schedule. He had a really good year, and I don't want to take that away from Geno Smith. He had a really good year and much better season than I thought he was going to have. Is he going to continue to have those seasons? Could he even – reach back and get a little bit more or did we, you know, our team's going to have tape and, and kind of figure that out. And it's going to be, um, you know, just okay or whatever, or maybe, maybe going back to a guy who's not a starting NFL quarterback anymore, like he was previously in his career. So a lot of questions on what exactly Geno Smith is. And it's wild because Daniel Jones, the same way, it's like, okay, you have one good year and all of a sudden 37 and a half million, $40 million a year. Is that the market rate? That's so much of a salary cap for, a quarterback that might not be elevating your team to a level that can take you to a place that you want to be. And to me, I'd rather, I'd ra- if I'm running the Seahawks, I would rather swing for the fences with Anthony Richardson at five than lock myself into Geno Smith. But maybe, Have you looked at Geno's numbers? I'm maybe, looking at his numbers right now. His numbers were great last year. His numbers were awesome last year. But again, that's one year out of right. what, nine in his career. Um, but maybe that's their plan is like, look, Anthony Richardson's going to sit anyway. So maybe they are still planning to draft that quarterback at five if that guy falls to them. And maybe that's the plan for the Seattle Seahawks. So I did. I was listening to, I think, Colin Cowherd. And he talked about how essentially this is kind of a two-year deal for the most part, right, when you start kind of factoring the guaranteed monies and when you can kind of get out of it. And yeah. he said, man, a guy like Anthony Richardson would be perfect to just sit behind Geno Smith, not have to play him. Essentially kind of what a lot of people thought of the 49ers situation with Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously it was different, especially with the draft capital capital you gave up to, to, to move up. But, hey, man, sit behind this guy. You don't really have to play. Gino does well. Gino is getting older, so I mean the writing is on the wall. Uh, essentially, with like he's not the long term answer; he's the right now answer. So if you have an opportunity, Pete Carroll, and I don't know how much longer he's going to coach, but however long it is, he doesn't expect to be picking this high, right? They won because the Broncos sucked, so they get to pick where they're picking right. at, yeah, yeah, not because they were just this terrible team. If it was their pick, they'd be in the twenty. So he's looking at like, look. We're kind of we kind of lucked it into this situation where we do get to draft extremely high because the Broncos just were not good. Man, we need to uh, capitalize on this and maybe get a quarterback that could potentially can because we don't know the next time we're going to be picking this high. So I could see a scenario, and I like what Colin Cowherd said. Man, well, why not with this team? Draft a guy, don't got to play right now. You have a quarterback, let a guy like – and with high upside, right? I mean – it doesn't get much higher than that quarterback from Florida. It, it, now, could be boom or bust, but it just from potential standpoint, it doesn't get much higher. So that would be the ideal situation for them to just be like, look, you got a lot of work you have to do, and we want to help you get there, but we don't plan on playing you for the first two years. Yeah, or, or Will Levis. And actually, I think Richardson as a prospect is closer to Lance in a way that he only started for one year at Florida. He needs to play a little bit more. Will Levis might be a better fit for Seattle 
And look, he's got his own physical upside as well if he's potentially there for him at four. And I think a lot of the decisions about who is going to be on the board, maybe who knows, maybe quarterbacks go one through four and, and they're looking at Will Anderson, and which is kind of scary. And, and like They're going to get a good player, right? They're, they're going to get somebody that is scarier than Geno Smith at pick five. Jalen Carter might fall to them at five. Um, Will Anderson, defensive end, could be hunting – 49ers quarterbacks for a long time could be there for him at five. Maybe they find their quarterback in the future that's even better eventually than uh, than the Geno Smith at number five. So they're going to have an opportunity to draft a really good player there. And I have a feeling if if the right quarterback is there, they would still take one, even though a lot of mock drafts don't have a quarterback going to the Seattle Seahawks at number five. And this would seem to take a quarterback off the table, but I don't know if it does. But with Anthony Richardson – if he sat for two years to be in the same position the Niners are right now with Trey Lance and everyone's ready to jump off ship because we haven't seen anything from him and he needs to play. And and so I, two years is an eternity in the NFL. If you want to sit for a year, that's one thing. But someone like Levis would make more sense to sit for a year and Richardson almost needs to go to a bad team that's just going to let him play right away because he needs to take his lumps and he needs to play more. And I think that's one of the big things with the He's, I thought he took his lumps last year in the SEC. He lost to Vanderbilt. <laughs> it was, well, but in, in, in a game where he had like – 500 total yards of offense and like five touchdowns, but but it was like it, you you lost to Vanderbilt. If you watch Anthony Richardson's tape, it is not good last year, but he's his highlight tape is amazing and his combine was amazing and it's and apparently his interviews are great too with teams. So someone's gonna fall in love with the upside. I mean, ultimate boomer bust, maybe one of the biggest boomer bust prospects we've seen for a while in Anthony Richardson. The combine, I think a lot of people were excited about that, but it really didn't tell us anything that we didn't know about him. Yeah, but we exactly. all knew that he was a big, with a powerful arm, very fast and explosive. And he put all that on display at the combine, but it didn't, it didn't tell us really anything different. Yeah, it's hard because I think the seniors, you see their junior testing days and you kind of know what their numbers are going to be. But for underclassmen that come out and they didn't have the the actual numbers, people might have expected it. But then also were like, oh, even bigger and faster and jumping 41 inches or whatever it was like, oh, oh it's, it's like that. OK, so maybe even more. But I, I agree. You're almost you're double counting it. You know, so if you gave him a, a late first round grade a month ago, you shouldn't move that up to number one overall. Because, because he showed you what you already knew. Right. You're double counting what you already expected to see anyway, just because you saw the numbers. And I think a lot of teams do that with Combine. You see all these speed merchants that, that in fact, I mean, being the fastest guy at the Combine is, is almost more disqualifying than it is meaningful than it makes you a good NFL player, which is pretty right. wild. Except, so, for, except for offensive linemen. So we didn't quite answer the question. Uh, you know, we're discussing the Seattle Seahawks. With this signing – of Geno Smith, are they contenders to win the NFC West? And I'm one I never count out Pete Carroll. I think he's an excellent coach. But is that situation good enough to kind of knock off the 49ers after getting swept, losing three in a row? Let's tease that next. Our answer to that question, are the Seahawks the team to beat in the NFC West? What about Matthew Stafford potentially retiring still? And the Los Angeles Rams that are in a really weird place and then the uh, Arizona Cardinals, who have an injured quarterback to start the season, who's even going to play quarterback for them? All that coming up on today's edition of Locked On 49ers, which is brought to you by FanDuel. Midway point of the NBA season now, perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to 
$1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first team doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Bet on everything from money line, point scorers, three-pointers drained. Of course, you can still bet on NFL football as well. Draft props. There's uh, I just, Niners are 16-1. to 1. I think they're about 10th down on the list of teams to land uh, Lamar Jackson, number one, the Detroit Lions, which would be kind of scary in the NFC if the Detroit Lions got themselves a dynamic quarterback like Lamar Jackson because they're putting together a little bit of a team over there. Uh, plus, FanDuel lets you combine all of your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with same game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and the NBA. Okay, Croc, answering the question. I Even with the 49ers unknowns, I feel like the Seahawks are the most known team right now, bringing back their quarterback. We saw the 49ers beat them twice. I think they're a good, not great team. I think they will be competitive. But even not knowing, I and it might be Trey Lance, it might be a veteran quarterback, it might be... Uh, it might be Brock Purdy, but going on the assumption that Brock Purdy is going to take a little while, might not be ready to go. I believe even with Trey Lance, maybe his Trey Lance is the guy all year long. I think the 49ers are still the team to be over the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. And I kind of like that they re-signed Geno. I like the, I like the Geno Smith story and he's not a scary enough quarterback to be worried about. Even though, even as good as he played, like his numbers are really good last year. Right. For people that don't know his numbers, all right, he re- completed roughly 70% of his passes. I think he led the NFL in completion percentage or or was top uh, of, the, of the NFL, like, or, you know, top three. Uh, he threw for almost 4,300 yards, uh, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks. And I, I'd say if a 49er had those numbers, like, what would we be saying about that quarterback? If Trey Lance put up those numbers, people would be losing their damn minds. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. Brock Purdy put up those numbers, people would be lo- losing their yeah, mind. No if Purdy it, came it, in there and threw for 4,300 yards, 30 touchdowns, you know, 11 picks. <laughs> well, that's basically, the, that's basically the pace Purdy was on. Right. I think yardage-wise, not quite, because his best games, they kind of shut it down in the second half. So I think total yardage. I, I did the math at the end of the regular season, but it was something like, it was something close to that 30 something to nine touchdowns and then upper 3000s passing yards it was yeah. it was really good numbers so something very similar to that is what Brock Purdy's pace was for his short time starting with the 49ers in the regular season so we'll see if that continues as well which is also a big unknown so many unknowns with uh, the NFC West including the Los Angeles Rams croc did you see this report from uh, Matthew Barry he did an article, the twenty thing, the twenty three things he learned at the twenty twenty three NFL scouting combine, and one of the things he heard was asking about Matthew Stafford. "Quote: The guy could barely throw last year. Retirement is still not out of the question." They're talking about maybe trading um, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Aaron Donald considered retirement in the offseason. Sean Blow McVay it up. Blow it up. <laughs> Blow it all up. That's well, a that that's a wild situation to go from Super Bowl champion to 12 months later being like, we might be the worst team in the NFL. 
or at the very least worst team in the NFC West, which I don't think either one of us or the fans listening to this or the 49ers organization would mind that at all. I, I think if there is any team, it's just because they are very well coached. They are good coaches. They have some good players that could take over games. Uh, and that, that, that makes it very difficult. Now, if their quarterback can't throw the ball, obviously that makes it a lot easier for the 49ers or any other team in the NFL. But, they got some things they got to figure out. They were at their best when they had Todd Gurley. They, they were able to run that 11 personnel with Gurley back there, and he's running crazy. Uh, since then, I mean, I know they won the Super Bowl, but it's hard to replicate that without a legit running game that you can count on. And I think right now they're, they're trying to find, they're starting to find that out. Akers was in the doghouse, and then it was like, oh, he's going to get traded, and he didn't get traded. And, and now Stafford, and like you said, Ramsey, and I mean, Aaron Donald, he's flirted with retirement as well but they got a new contract but he's going to retire now I mean there's a lot of question marks around that team do you think this is the result of just going all in and not caring about draft picks or do you think it's just you have good players and right now it might have just kind of ran its course yeah I, I think they went extreme on the stars and scrubs roster and they had a lot of later round picks but they unlike the 49ers they haven't hit on as many really good starting caliber players and definitely no stars in their rounds three through seven. But the 49ers have been so good in that stretch, and the 49ers didn't trade as many early picks for as long as the Rams did. But I think you see a – there's like a delay in that too. So the Rams haven't picked a first-round player since Jared Goff in 2016. So you don't see that in 2017. You see that in 2020, 2021, and 2022. And we're now starting to see the lack of those high-end – talented players at high-end positions that are cheap, and they just don't have those. And so once those pillars and your quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and that pillar starts to crack, and then Jalen Ramsey is gone and or injured, and, and you start to lose those pillars of your football team. They traded for Von Miller for that Super Bowl run. He was gone last year. So once those star pillars start to break and you don't have a foundation, it's going to crumble. And they were really extreme on that end. The 49ers have traded away multiple first-round picks that they haven't paid off yet. They traded a bunch of picks in this draft for Christian McCaffrey, um, but they still got a first round pick next year and they were still drafting a lot of players that were important players, even outside of the first round in the years leading up to that. And even since they've traded those first round picks. So I think that's the big difference in going all in, even though the 49ers kind of went all in last year and fell a little bit short. The all-in version of the Los Angeles Rams was much more extreme and, and we're seeing the downside of that, but they got their Lombardi. I think that was a conversation you and I were having before. Like, you yeah. know, hey, you win that trophy, but then you're not good for the next however many years. Uh, will you take that? And I think a lot of 49er fans said, heck yeah, I'll take that. But for me, it's just, it's like, okay, you you won that trophy. Now what? And they don't look good. I'd much rather be, I don't want to say, I, I, you know, obviously you want to win that Super Bowl, but I like the position the 49ers are in where you still feel like, hey, regardless of if we would have lost that or won that, we're in a, in a really good position. We feel really strongly about this team. Their Super Bowl odds are probably top five. Now, again, that doesn't mean much if you don't win it, but just in the sense of our outlook on this upcoming season. Whereas Rams fans, it's probably like, oh, man, are we going to trade Jalen Ramsey? And, oh, Matthew Stafford's going to retire. Then what do we do here? Do we got to bring back Baker Mayfield? Or uh, who's going to be our running back? I mean, they have, like, legit questions. Is Sean McVay going to go to TV? Is he going to stop coaching? Like they got to. I mean, it's just to me, it's a, it's a mess. And it's like, well, yeah, you got the, you got the Lombardi, but now you're just in this like like 
depression <laughs> of an organization. Right. And how fast it went from Lombardi to the depression that they're right. that they're in the midst of, and, and it, it could get even worse than than what it looked like last year. Okay, uh, next we got to talk about those Arizona Cardinals, what their outlook is here going into the 2023 offseason, how the 49ers stack up with those teams in the NFC West. Next, I do want to thank everybody once again for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Locked On NFL Draft this draft season, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Subscribe to the brand-new YouTube channel for Peacock and Williamson, myself and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. We shine in the offseason. Love it every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Turn the page to the Arizona Cardinals, Croc. They're not scary, and the one player they might that might be the, the the two the the combination that might be scary is Kyler Murray throwing to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins Hopkins is going to get traded somewhere else, and Kyler Murray is not going to play for at least half the season, maybe most of the season. I yes. forgot he tore his ACL. Yeah, late too. Well, and new coaching staff, right? There's going there should be growing that adjustment. So. Kyler Murray not able to be out there. I mean, who's going to be their quarterback to start the season? New head coach coming in. You had some players. Gosh, who was it? Was it on the Philadelphia Eagles? That's where he came from, right? The Eagles? Who who was saying? Eagles defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator. And you had Chauncey Garner-Johnson, who, you know, our guy Ross, I think, or some people in the chat were saying, you know, Chauncey Garner-Johnson just hates coaches. But he's like, that guy wasn't good. Like he didn't put us in positions to be successful. And I was like, damn. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh I don't know. There, there's a lot with this coach too. Can he be a leader of men uh with some guys that you don't have a lot of equity built up with? And who are their pillars defensively? Buddha Baker? Um shoot, who else? Buddha Baker's good. Um they've got Byron Murphy corner. It's kind of he's all right. I think he hasn't been as good as they had maybe hoped. A high second round pick there. Buda Baker's awesome. Their their linebackers they've drafted recently um, have been very hit or miss throughout their career. I don't know what they can count on with that football team. They got Hollywood Brown too. So that's my thing, right? Like you always, what 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 can you hang your hat on? And I think the 49ers, no matter what's going on, the way that they've built their identity, they, they can hang their hat on toughness and on both sides of the ball. So regardless, you know that the 49ers, they're, they're going to play this brand of football that's just it's just kind of difficult to beat because they're going to bring it every single play, even if they're having a down game, even if the quarterback is out or the next quarterback is out. Like the team is just on their, their identity and who they are at its core is an extremely difficult team to beat. Arizona Cardinals, and we'll find out what – this new coach, uh, yeah, what does he bring and how long does it take? Because even with the 49ers, it wasn't an overnight success to get this right and build this type of culture that they have in the Bay Area. It was first year, man, we're tough, but we cannot win a game. And then the second year, dang, Jimmy Garoppolo, he tears his ACL. Then third year, boom, Super Bowl. And it's like, oh, man, physical, tough, good players. Nick Bosa, D Ford, DeForest Buckner, Eric Arst, you know, just Debo Samuel, you know, just all these guys, right? And... I don't think the Cardinals are there. They're not there from a personnel perspective. Uh, they're not there from a leadership standpoint with the uh, with the quarterback that they have who's coming off of an injury, and you have a new head coach who hasn't built up any equity. So uh, I, I'd say overall, and we've talked about each team, I think the 49ers are in a really good position to kind of put a stranglehold on this uh, division. 
Absolutely. Uh, on paper, the 49ers are far and away the best football team. And even when you consider quarterback, there's a lot of question marks there in the division. But the, the Seahawks is the one because the Seahawks are going to be better next year, very likely, unless there's sort of a, a plateau or, or a decline from, you know, maybe that was just a one year quick peak from from Geno Smith. And, and then maybe things just aren't as good on offense, but they've got the fifth pick in the draft. They're going to get a blue chipper somewhere. They're going to have and potentially someone who's chasing after 49ers quarterbacks for a decade. So that could be scary. Um, they are, then they have another first round pick to add more talent. The Rams don't have that. So the Rams are, are falling apart. The, the Cardinals at best are in a really transitional stage without their star quarterback, at least for next year. So you're looking ahead to 2024 before they're going to be super competitive. So no doubt to me going into this off season, huge off season for both the 49ers and the Seahawks, but as good as Geno Smith played last year, I'm still taking the 49ers roster going into the off season. And both teams have an offer opportunity to be really good. Although the 49ers could potentially be quarterback aside, the rest of the roster could be not as good as last year. The Seattle Seahawks are probably going to be better than they were last year. So if there is yeah, a gap, they, they, might, had they, a might young, they had a lot of young guys, right? You talk about Kenneth Walker. He missed a decent amount of games uh, at some point, missed several games in a row. And he was a guy who ran 4,000 yards. They still got DK Metcalf. They still got Tyler Lockett. You got Geno Smith, who was efficient. Uh, you got a Tariq Woolen, who had a terrific year. As a rookie, what do you have? Five, six interceptions on the year. Big long cornerback. They use him uh, extremely well. Yeah, they, they they still they got some guys. They got some guys over there that can make some noise. And again, you got you got that guy on the sideline. That, that gosh, I hate the way he chooses gum, but he is a uh, you know he was back in Stockton, UOP UOP yeah. alum. Uh, he he just gets his guys. They're, they're ready, and they're gonna try have to try to get over that hump. I look at it always from the standpoint of. What happens if a game goes, you know, another way, right? Uh, if they beat the 49ers twice, what does it look like? Well, we're talking about 11-win team, and how are they viewed going in? Obviously, it's going to be extremely difficult for them to beat the 49ers, uh, and that's going to be a big-time battle. But we've seen the 49ers be that team where it's like, oh, man, you can't beat Seattle, can't beat Seattle. And the next thing you know, oh, man, Seattle can't beat the 49ers. And you got to make sure that you do everything possible to make sure that that stays the same. Yeah, one of the best draft classes last year going into year two. And the Seahawks, Seahawks are going to draft, what, four times before the 49ers make their first pick in the draft this year? Wow. The Niners have a ton of free agents, and uh, those those salary cap dollars are getting a little tight. So so we'll see what this ends up looking like. It's a big offseason, and I think it's a clear two-horse race in the NFC West going into the offseason with you know maybe if everything goes right again for – the Rams, they can they can rekindle that thing if 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 Stafford is healthy and able to throw for seventeen games, you know because if you have they still have some good players there and they're a well coached team, but to me it's a two horse race, the 49ers and the Seahawks, and and, and I'll take the 49ers going into the offseason. Don't let Seattle get Will Anderson. You, you, I, you let them get Will Anderson and you pair him, and if uh, Boye Mafe just takes kind of that year two leap that you want Drake Jackson to take. I mean, with the corners, again, I, I talked about Woolen. You got Diggs back there that takes the ball away at safety. Uh, they drafted Kobe Bryant. He filled in at nickel, played some outside. I mean, they, they, you know, and if they can add, like, you know, one more corner, because they got two first-round picks. So if you were able to get a Will Anderson and then one of these corners, because it's so far from everything I hear, we'll start diving into the film, it's a really good cornerback class. I mean, that, I don't know. <laughs> we didn't even mention the two tackles they drafted, Abraham right. Lucas and uh, Cross. I mean, uh, you know, these guys, 
I mean, they, they, they got they got some guys. It's funny because that's the that's sort of the goal the 49ers have maybe this offseason is try to find their version of Abraham Lucas, a third round starting offensive tackle. That's not that easy to do. Uh, can the 49ers pull that off? By the way, Croc, Monday, I got my mock draft coming. Mock draft Monday. San Francisco 49ers seven-round mock draft. Let's go through some players oh, who the yeah. 49ers might be able to, to pull out of the 2023 NFL draft. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe up to Peacock and Williamson. Check out all the rest the network has to offer. Croc and I back tomorrow. Talking salary cap, talking free agency. Free agency gets going next week. We've got some more prospects to cover as well, specific prospects that might fit for the 49ers in those mid-rounds on Locked On 49ers.